heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Ben Dobbin with you. It is the first day of spring, the 1st of September. A very happy first day of spring. So much to get through this morning. Uh, a very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB Kingaroy, 4ZR Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to you. Uh, Wooshka, W-H-O-O-S-H-K-A-A.com forward slash Rural Queensland today where you can get any of our previous shows or get in contact with me, ben.dobbin at ruralqldtoday.com.au. Not great news for the Bark Alden trainer, Todd Austin. We're going to get to that a little bit later. We're also going to talk with Lachlan Miller about Parliament and this new environmental bill that looks like there's going to have some control on our stocking rates. That's a real concern. We're going to catch up about the Mulga Cup. Andrew Short will join us. We'll talk profits. We'll give you some sale results. A great result yesterday for Moongana, Santa Catrudis and and uh, for the Gould family, unbelievable. We'll give you all that and much, much more. Big show, Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. You're with Ben Dobbin, the 1st of September on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Lots going on in Parliament this week. Unbelievable, in fact. Um, it has just been an embarrassment with this Labor government once again ducking and weaving. Member for Gregory Lachlan Miller joining us this morning. Uh, Lachlan, it has been a very interesting week in Parliament in Brisbane Uh, The Premier not prepared to answer any questions in relation to why she was on a super yacht having a holiday rather than having a cabinet meeting. No one's having a crack at her about not having a holiday, but the fact that she cancelled it shows a sheer lack of trust with her own party and also a real level of control. Mate, yeah, you're dead right. Look, no problem. Premier, jump on a super yacht, go for a holiday, Uh, you know, have have a good time. Uh, no No one's saying no to that. And it's good for her to do that get away and have a break. But you don't cancel cabinet. You don't stop government. You don't put the brakes on decision-making. You don't. You just, you just don't say, okay, I'm not coming to cabinet, so we're not going to have cabinet. Cabinet is an important part of the you know, of, of day-to-day government. It makes decisions. It, you know, it, it makes decisions on, you know, more nurses, more teachers, you know, more police. You know, we've, you just don't say, okay, we're not going to have cabinet because I'm on holidays. Um, Stephen Miles, uh, you know, he is you know capable of surely holding cabinet. I mean, you know, it's not it's, 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 he's just got to turn up and, and 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 start the process. So, yeah, mate. I mean, the issue is not denying the premier a holiday. You know, go for a holiday. Um, and you know, if you you know on a super yacht, fantastic. You know, good luck to you. But uh, you don't stop cabinet, mate. You just got to you've got to uh, you've got to continue the process. Yeah, and that's the big thing. The, the the process is the big thing as well, and it, it yeah. is it is a a huge huge um, thing that's going on there. What what was said during the course of this week? I mean, the, the concern for me is that um, we've got an air, air, uh, an a, a premier that is now attacking up the opposition. We saw then Cameron Dick come to a defence yesterday and make a mockery of it. There, there's no actual real leadership in that government at the moment. Well, mate, the concern we have is, uh, you know, you know, does the premier trust the deputy premier? I mean, is it, uh, you know, I mean, you know, surely the deputy premier is capable of holding cabinet. I mean, you know, um, you just it's, it's never been done before where the cabinet's been cancelled because the premier's on holidays. You know, you go back, you know, go back to the 
you know, the Goss era. You go back to the, you know, Borbidge and then, you know, obviously the Beattie era. I mean, the cabinet was always held, mate. No one cancelled because, you know, Peter Beattie was on holidays. Uh, you know, he'd have his deputy, Terry McEnroth, or before that, Jim Elder, um, you know, hold it. So oh, it just doesn't make sense, mate. And, and look, it, it, what what concerns us or what, concern, what should concern Queensland is that, you know, this is this is not a plaything. You can't, you know, not turn up. Uh, this is this is this is being premier and this is being in government. You've, we've got to got to go day to day with the, with the business of government. Yeah, you're dead right, and she doesn't seem to respect it at all. And that's the thing that we're starting to see a real pattern of behaviour around her and mm. the lack of respect. Mm. Can I ask you this? There's a new environmental uh, bill on cattle numbers that is being uh, discussed around and obviously being discussed. Now, there's been confidentiality agreements signed. There's been underhand discussions. Mm -hmm. Where are we at with it? It's a very concerning situation that we have a government that's going to try and control stocking rates, and this is all and only to appease the Greens. Well, mate, yeah, that is the the concern. This new bill or this proposed bill, it's an environmental bill, uh, we haven't seen it because obviously uh, it's still in the drafting stage. But our concern is, what does this bill entail? Uh, that, you know, are we looking at a bill uh, which is going to determine by a bureaucrat, by a bureaucrat down here in Brisbane or in Brisbane, uh, our, our our stocking, you know, what what our what our numbers are? Um, you know, we've gone through vegetation management with this government. They brought that in, reef regs, and now this. Can we just stop demonising the industry, demonising the rural industry? You know, that's that's my call to the Labor government. I mean, you know, you know, carrying capacity is a decision by the property owner. They know their carrying capacity. Um, it's not by some bureaucrat who's looking at some, you know, piece of legislation to say, well, I think, you know, you need to drop your carrying capacity by 15%. Uh, you know, we, we that was very worrying, mate. And look, I, I just, I, I, you know, this is just another piece of legislation uh, that, if it does come through, that you know, we've got to fight hard to, to to stop it, and and that means the industry together, we've got to stop it. Yeah, you did right. Um, you're certainly right. I'm concerned that they've had these discussions without any consultation of, and they're drawing up bills like. That shows to me, and I understand that Ag Force have signed a confidentiality agreement. I understand that. But surely we've got to get to a point where we can actually see something and we actually know what's going on. And we also mm. understand that, you know, like that if they're going to make some changes, they need to have the LMP consulted on this and make them a part of this legislation. Well, mate, but the thing is, it's like the it's like it's like the refresh. It's like the uh, the veg management laws that the Labor Party brought in, mate. It's look, it's controlled by the Greens, and I've said this to you before, mate. It's 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 well, Labor Party do it all the time, mate. Look, uh, for them to win uh, seats in uh, Brisbane City in Southeast Queensland, they need Green preferences. How do they pay that off? Well, they go to the Greens and they say, okay, what do you guys want? And the Greens say, well, we want this, 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 and this. And I say, yep, now we'll get that done. And then, yeah, the legislation comes in, the Greens then preference Labor, they win the seats. That's how it works, mate. I mean, I know that sounds cynical, but, uh, you know, obviously, you know, the Labor Party need the Greens party, and, uh, you know, this is what happens. And, and we, in regional rural Queensland, we get to cop it, I suppose.
Yeah, and that's the big thing, isn't it? Um, you certainly do. Um, talk to me just quickly. Um, there's lots going on as well um, in your neck of the woods. Um, obviously, it, it is just about to start again, the harvest. What does the economy look like through Emerald and through there? Is is there been a shift in focus? Obviously, people are concerned about the interest rates, but it seems to be that, that that's put on hold at the moment and that the town is in a little bit of a holding pattern just waiting to see what goes on. Yeah, look, uh, things are going, mate. Look, we've got a, a fantastic uh, uh, winter crop option at the moment, as in with all that rain, uh, a lot of wheat uh, in the ground, mate, and it's probably you know, the best winter option we've had or winter crop option we've had uh, for a very, very long time. So, you know, things are humming away. Obviously, you know, the mining industry is still humming away. Uh, mate, look, uh, yeah, look, look, look. There are, there's a bit of nervousness, I suppose, on interest rates, mate. Yeah, you can't deny that. Um you know, people are a little bit nervous, but uh, look, look, things are going pretty well. We've always, you know, I mean, our biggest issue, mate, is finding skilled labour. Yeah. That's our biggest issue. Um, you know, whether it's working uh, on farm or working in the mine, uh, or working working in the mechanic shop in town, or working as a uh, as a panel beater, uh, we, we we've got massive skill shortage, mate, and that's uh, having an impact in getting things done. So that's our biggest issue at the moment. Sure. Appreciate your time. Enjoy the last day of Parliament, mate. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. We'll take a break. Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Andrew Short is the organiser of the Mulga Cup Carnival. Each September, Charleville hosts under-11's Rugby League Carnival uh, called the Mulga Cup. Andrew Short, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning, Dolly. Hey, this is a great story. 22 teams from all corners of the state, under-11s, head to Charleville. How good is it that you get to bring outside teams, outside kids to that beautiful, beautiful town called Charleville to play a bit of rugby league? Yeah, I suppose, Dobbo, five years ago when we first started this off, we didn't realise the um, the way it would take off, the way it has. Um, we started off as a, a six-game, a six-team sort of competition over two days, uh, five years ago, and it's grown each year. Um, each year, we have more and more feedback on the wonderful experience these city teams have when they come to the bush and play some footy. This year, we'll have 22 teams playing in the Mulga Cup and from all parts of the state. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it, it certainly is amazing. Can I ask you, from from where are all these kids coming from? I mean, it's an under-11 rugby league carnival over two days. It'll take place held on the 17th and 18th of September and um, you've had some amazing feedback. Where do these uh, 350 junior rugby league players come from? Well, a little bit of everywhere, mate. This year we've got them coming from as far away as Rockhampton. Uh, Sunshine Coast have a couple of teams, uh, multiple teams from Brisbane, and then just about everywhere along the highway. So Chinchilla, um, you know, two Roma teams. Yep. Uh, Longreach, um, as far up as Longreach and Bark Alden, um, nearly all corners of the state. So um, these teams aren't the same teams that repeat each year. We've had them. From everywhere over all five years, we've we've had teams have repeated every year and some that are brand new this year. So we're really looking forward to it. And look, it's a great st- a standard of football, isn't it? Obviously, how many teams does Charleville field for this carnival? So for this, we just field the one side. Yep. Obviously, um, we're not clever with a lot of no, junior players. Sure. But, um, the main reason why uh, Ross and myself uh, started this five years ago was to get our kids some more footy and, and play more teams um, out of our local area. Uh, obviously, we do a lot of K's with our junior players to get them some footy. We thought it'd be a good idea to to hold, host a carnival and and see if we could drag a few teams west and 
Uh, we can't believe how it's taken off. Um, the response that the other teams have after our weekend here was phenomenal. After last year's carnival, uh, months afterwards, teams were writing emails and getting in contact with us, just saying, you know, whatever you're doing, don't change, and um, talking about how great a time their kids had. So um, it's a pretty, pretty awesome thing to have happen here in Charleville every September, and it's fantastic for our local players. Yeah, and that's the thing. What people don't realise in, in the city, and and they get to come out, that most everybody listening take their kids. It's nothing to drive 250 k's to a game of footy for 40 minutes and turn them around and come home. But you do that because, you know, because you want your kids to get involved in sport. And, and, in, and we choose rural and that's great, but, you know, it, it does have its shortfalls for kids. So, you know, for sport. So having these outside teams come, how many games do they get over the course of a weekend? So over the weekend, there's going to be 80 games of rugby league. They're 18-minute oh games. It's in the under-11 age group. So yep. it's on a modified field. It's it's a little bit thinner than normal. 11 kids on the field at one time. Um, so they're getting plenty of footy. Um, eight games over the weekend, about the right number, we think. Um, there, there's one extra game at the end called the All-Stars game. So we um, over the weekend, we, we select some kids just on their behaviour, attitude and efforts. Um, those kids play a, a North-South game. And then at the end of the carnival, we, we give out some commemorative uh, jerseys and they make up the, the 2022 All-Stars. Yeah, and that is awesome. That is a great thing. Obviously, great for the town as well. You'll get an influx of close on a 1,000 people. It's so good for the economy. The town will be booked out, no doubt. And, you know, it really puts a bit of outside money into into Charleville. Yeah, it certainly does. Um, months and months in advance, everything is booked out. So motels and hotels and caravan parks is all booked out. Um, yeah, it, it really is amazing how many people do rock up in Charleville for the weekend. Um a lot of people now, a lot of teams, book the year in advance. So they come out and they book it on their way out, which is pretty awesome. So with, with the teams from Brisbane and the Sunny Coast, the standard of football on the Sunny Coast, how do you, how do the bush kids go against the city kids? Um, believe it or not, Dobbo, at this age group, it's, it's pretty crazy. Pretty even. How these bush, it's very even, mate. Yep. Um, yep. In fact, the Charleville kids um, last year held their own. They, they actually um, were more than competitive in this age group. They um, – they actually won more games than anyone else. So um, it's it's pretty crazy at this age group how good they they do for the limited football they do get. Yep. Um, and it's the, probably the only thing we do as a Western Rugby League here as a whole competition. Um, so it's really important that we pull together each year, find a few kids from around the district and give them an opportunity to play these city teams. Is it hard to get the kids – Like I mean, Charleville's such a proud town. Um, is it hard to keep the kids' sport going? Has it been difficult? The last few years has been difficult. Um, through COVID, we were really worried that if we didn't play that season, that we probably would really struggle to get some kids back for the following one. So we actually worked really, really hard. We, we actually completed a full season uh, the COVID year. Um, we had modified games on a Friday night, and then we were really, really conscious that the Mulga Cup didn't miss that year. Um, we thought we might have been detrimental to our future. So we pushed really hard and annoyed a lot of people up the Queensland Rugby League chain, um, but we got it done and we end up having 16 teams here that year and that's probably the year the carnival really took off because a lot of kids from the city didn't get to play footy that year, but they got to play, play the Mulder Cup, so yeah. Yeah, very, very exciting. I love this. I, I think this is a fantastic initiative. I think it's one that everybody uh, is excited to, to uh, be a part of. I think um, it's phenomenal, Andrew. It t- take, must take a lot of organising. 22 teams from all corners of the state, 
from far as the sunny coast in Brisbane and Rock, Rockhampton will be uh, competing in Charleville on the 17th and 18th of September. 350 junior under 11 players contesting over the weekend. 80 games of rugby league, 1,000 people to the town. And what a great thing this is um, for Charleville. Um, Andrew Short, really appreciate your time and organisers of the Mulga Cup. Uh, what a great weekend this will be. Five years and it's just flying. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. No, thank you very much, Ben, for having me on the show. Best of luck to all the kids on the 17th to 18th of September um, in part of the Mulga Cup. We'll try and get an update on that as well. Uh, appreciate your time. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. We're going to do a bit of a wrap. There's bull sales underway and it'd be worth making sure that everybody is fully across. Uh, great news for the Gould family. Uh, Mungana Santa Catrudis almost doubled their 2021 sale average, which was a huge day for them. 37 bulls sold to a record average of 22,865. That's almost double that on last year. With 97% clearance, the 32 classified sires averaged 24,000, while the six commercial bulls averaged 14,167, culminating in a gross sale of 846,000. The impressive result met a lot of support for Moon Garner and Principal Cyril and Denise Gould, who said that the sale was a culmination of many years of hard work, particularly during the drought. They have certainly been committed. There's no two ways about that. Cyril has been passionate about his breed for a long time. It's overwhelming. We couldn't have asked for a better outcome. To get two top price bulls at 65000 is a dream come true. There's a lot of people who had talked about the pole bulls and, and commented and the fact is, to get a record top price of 65000 achieved twice by lot 6 and 13, which sold to the Knutson family at Chinchilla and Forest Park Blackhall, it speaks volumes of this sale. Moongana, um, Santa Catrudis, well done to them, and what a great result that is. Um, Liz Allen, obviously, uh, record top price yesterday as well, as well as the Knutson family going on and buying that. So, so much to look at. So, Roma Brahman sale, <clears throat> obviously it's had a very, very good sale as well. They topped at 17000 So, there were Roma Brahman sale yesterday afternoon. Um, the top price is seventeen. They averaged $6,400. And the catalogue, so they had uh, 50 bull, 54 bulls on offer. So, they had a good sale as well. So, that sale uh, was kicking off as well. Now, uh, there's been lots going on as well. The Bonnydale Black Simmentales Roma sale, it reached $28,000. So their stud expansion to the stun signs date, they have an average of $12,000 for their third annual sale. 52 registered bidders gathered at the Roma sale yards. And while there was a lot online, uh, to have a look at the Black Simmentales, Simi Angus and Brangus and Super Black Bulls offered by uh, the Western Australia Australian Grazing Company. Now, this was a huge, huge sale. The fall of the hammer, let's go through it. 30 black Simmental bulls offered was sold to an average of 13,000, while 25 Simi Angus bulls offered was sold to an average of 12. 13 Super Blacks were sold to 9,692, and three of the four Angus Brangus bulls offered was sold to 6,733. And this was the Wednesday sale as well. This was a big sale. And um, obviously, that's a huge result. So black Simmentales averaging 13,600. Simi Angus bulls offering, uh, making 12,000, 
$960. That is a big result and one, obviously, um, that they'd be very, very happy with. So well done to everybody involved in that. And that was Wednesday's sale, the Bonnie Dales Simmental, and that was a great result, a great result for that family and for that organisation. And elders obviously did a fantastic job in trying to secure that. A little bit of local news as well, and I should talk about this when you start talking about different results and, and what is going on. We do have Birdsville races on this weekend, the 140th year running. And unfortunately, Todd Austin, the Bar Calden trainer who we've had on this show, and his jockey, Rick McMahon, have been suspended during Birdsville track work. The Queensland Racing Integrity Commission has suspended the licence of Bar Calden trainer Todd Austin and Rick McMahon after investigated <clears throat> the use, alleged use, of a jigger at track work at Birdsville this week. Now, this is not great. In a statement released on Wednesday night, Queensland Racing Integrity Commission have come out and stated that the duo have been suspended and a Stewart's inquiry was ongoing. The major investigation started after a picture was posted online of a jockey allegedly holding a jigger in his hand as he rode track work at Birdsville ahead of the, their cup carnival. A jigger is a handheld device that obviously can put an electric shock into a horse and is used to improve performance. Now, Todd Austin has been on this show. We've spoken to him before and he's a well-known trainer. He's won three Birdsville Cups in the past 10 years and he was primed to try and obviously go for a fourth, um, which would have given him that incentive. Rick McMahon is a leading country jockey, having won the state's champion jockey title last season. Now, Shane Gillard is from the Queensland Racing Integrity Commission, has alleged, said the allegations of animal cruelty was taken very seriously and one of the key functions is to safeguard the welfare of any animal involved in racing. If a licence is suspended, a participant cannot partake in any activity relevant to the licence category they hold. So that is not great for Todd or for Rick McMahon, and that is huge controversy going into the Birdsville races this weekend where there is so much attention being put forth and, and a lot of people obviously are looking forward to it. That, no doubt, will create some headaches. In other news as well, and that is big news out of Birdsville, um, uh, uh, Julia Creek is firmed as the likely location for a cotton gin in North Queensland. The McKinley Shire Council confirmed it's in discussions with potential operators as its process of obtaining land. Australia's biggest ginner, Namai Cotton, has revealed last year it was considering obviously expanding its Queensland footprint and building a gin to reduce the transport burdens and developing the northern industry. Namai Cotton account manager, obviously uh, Nathan Hunter, has told Far North Queensland Sustainable Cropping Group Forum in Mareeba recently that the project was now focused on building two gins, one in the Flinders catchment and another one in the Burdekin, Atherton or Mareeba. And they intend to have the uh, locations decided and up and running, operational by 2025. Well, Philip Kerr is the McKinley Shire Council Mayor. We'll try and get him some chat to him, but what a bloody great story this would be. We've spoken to Susan McDonald about this many times, and we understand the importance of just opening up the north. Well, if they're going to put northern Queensland cotton gins in, that's a game changer. 
North Queensland gins, uh, the production would need to increase by 100,000 bales, but we know we're opening up the north. That is consistently very viable. Production potential in the west in the long term is seen as one of the real growth areas. Philip Kerr said the council was confident that an operational gin would come into fruition and the local region in the medium to short term. Now my cotton intends to operate the gin and cooperate it with local growers. Well, isn't this a good story and one that we have been talking about for some time? It will be interesting to see who actually wins this bid as it is a, such an important thing to open up the north and if we can grow cotton up in northern Australia, we're going to see a lot more growth in the regions. We're going to see towns prosper. We're going to see employment rates go up and that's what everybody I think is hoping to see. Very, very good news. Julia Creek to host gin plans. Unbelievable. Um, they affirmed as a likely location. Unreal. We'll take a break. Come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. National Bradford Sale will be held on the 12th of September at the Gracemere Sale Yards, 10 a.m. kickoff. Russell Kenny from Bradford National Sale joins us this morning. Russell, good morning. How are you, mate? Not too bad. Thanks, Ben. Good morning here this morning. Plenty of rain around, plenty of green grass. It's been unbelievable, hasn't it? Um, so, obviously, 189 registered and herd bulls are catalogued, 17 registered heifers. Uh, these bulls and this sale has got stronger and stronger as the years have gone on, and the Bradford National is always the, the, the place where you get the best bulls. It's the only national sale where 28 vendors bring their best bulls along there, so you're getting your best genetics from two or three states there, all at the one place. Can you just tell me, mate, what should we expect out of this yarding of bulls? Oh, ease of ease of doing, fertility of the bulls in the cow herd, and you can buy a bull there to suit all markets. You know, you can feed your get a bull there to suit your weaner market, your feeder market, and your fat market. As long as your cows in the other half of your market there got good growth in your cows, so you're still making money out of your cold cows. When you get 10 years of calves out of them, you can turn them over and make good dollars out of them too. Yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? That, that They've always been that. And, and look, people have, have looked at that. They give you a bit of softness and, and the eating quality as well from a bra. But people go, ah, it, it's there. It, it, it's as good a bull when it's right as, you can, as, you, as you'd want. And what they actually can do for your herd is a phenomenal, phenomenal thing. Yeah, Ben, now we, we've got in the crossbreeding programs with other breeds at the moment too, showing the, the, the versatility of the Braffords, how we can put that white face or that broken bully back into that feeder market and a lot of people are getting into that, for like you say, for that eating quality of the Braffords, crossing over the other beef breeds. They're yep. doing very well. Uh, 189 registered and herd bulls catalogued, seven registered heifers, all bulls soundless, evaluated, semen tested, weighed and scared. Bidding will be also available online, stock live. Contact your preferred agent for details. Uh, that's a good news story. Um, so much to go on there. I really appreciate your time this morning, Russell. Thanks so much for being with us. And best of luck uh, for the 12th of September, 189 Braford Bulls, the national Braford sale held at Grace Miss Sayards. Thanks for your time this morning. Thanks very much, Ben. Thanks for your time. Good on you. Good sale as well and some great vendors available there. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Rural Queensland Today, Anthony Highland joins us with his weekly market report. How many cattle there yesterday, mate? Uh, 6,200 heads there, Ben, and a, and a big variance of cattle from far west Queensland, New South Wales, and 
all local area. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Big yarding, eh? Uh, so yarding. much to like, so much to like about what's going on in this market. How was the prime job? Let's start with prime bullocks, cows, and heifers. Held up well for the cattle on offer, Ben. Um, still a lot of consistency in that fat cow market, uh, plus three dollars eighty, depending on how much fat was on them. I suppose we've come back a little bit, but um, three dollars eighty to three dollars ninety for the best of the heavy fat cows. Uh, the, the secondary cows not quite finished. Might have been a little bit softer than last week, but. Only very marginal, um, three dollars sixty and seventy, uh, quite consistently. But just the, the tops of the the second run of cattle might have just been a shade softer. Bullocks that were there, Ben. Again, we're not seeing many of them come forward as yet. And um, if they're going to be there, they'll they'll have to turn up soon. But uh, four dollars thirty and forty uh, consistently for for uh, for bullocks. Younger, better bullocks, of course. Your your big western um, older bullocks, uh, three dollars ninety to four dollars ten, give or take. But, but the prime market was, was uh, you know, supered up and, and going well. Yeah, store job-wise, mate? Flowed on uh, very consistently. If you wanted to buy a weaner steer under or sub 280 kilos, you wanted every bit of mid $6 and up to $7.20 to, to secure cattle. Um, very strong and, and uh, just a lot of consistency, Ben. The, you know, the start price was solid. The finish price is even better, so... Um, a lot of people lined up to buy some some store steers ready for the summer. Um, heifers, still a little bit of inconsistency in some places, but lots to like about it. I mean, you, you can still buy a little heifer, uh, you know, $1,200 to $1,400. Um, some of them, they're a little bit softer on weight, but um, plenty of people lined up to buy the stores again. Uh, that feeder job, it's in a real small window at the moment. Uh, was that a little softer? Uh, it hasn't really just lit up yet, Ben, and uh, we're still in this Christmas, uh, New Year bracket kill of when the works are going to open up to their grain-fed cattle or, you know, outside outside their own company cattle, I suppose. So there's a little bit of hold back there still, but, um, uh, you know, not a lot of them coming forward into the market, neither while the price has been where it's at. And, and uh, I suppose when we can see another two weeks out, well, maybe that job just might creep up and get a bit better when some some numbers turn up off the crop then you know it's just that period of time it's always a little bit sticky um but yeah i think there's a lot to a lot to look forward to so what's the projection for the market what are everybody saying through the sales had a strong sale there yesterday what's everybody saying uh keep selling while the job's good i mean we saw five or six weeks ago we're just probably where we can come come back to within reason but i suppose if there's if you've got empty fat cows, it's a great time to be selling them now at three dollars eighty and ninety instead of sub three dollars six weeks ago. So, uh, I suppose if uh, if anything's going to pull the fat cattle out in the cow market, it, it's the money. So uh, those types of cattle to go. Um, yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just a very you know a lot of positivity back in the job then. And if there's cattle there to sell, well, it's certainly a great time to sell them again. Reason for the big numbers: six thousands, a lot of cattle at Dolby. Yeah, it is, Ben. There's a couple of couple of big lines out of the west. Uh, Blackall uh, boys sent in a couple of hundred uh, preg-tested cows and sold extremely well. Um, you know, and then we had 650 or 700 odd head out of Windora from a place that was sold out there a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, look, there's a couple of big lines from the west uh, due to some of those um, things. But, but apart from that, it was just a, a few local cattle, or you know, within the sort of 250 or 300 kilometres, just a lot of vendors, like there was a lot of vendors there for yep. the, the yarding, yep. but there was a couple of bigger consignments from the West. 
Appreciate your time. Great news story. Um, we'll talk to you next week from Grant Daniel Long, St. George. Anthony Highland, we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Ben. You have a good week. Well, that's it for us here on Rural Queensland today, the 1st of September. Wowee, we're into spring. Uh, have a great day and we will be back tomorrow from 9. Ray Hadley joins you next. Remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We'll see you later.